Welcome to Stuck at Home with Cliff Dorfman and Jason Smith. Here are your hosts, Jason Smith and Cliff Dorfman. Huzzah! Welcome to a new episode of Stuck at Home with me, Cliff Dorfman, and uh, this guy. I am Spider Man! <laughs> Jason Peter Parker Smith? That's right, Jason B. Smith. <laughs> Jason B. is for Uncle Ben. Pee pee. We're the pod that tells you all about the shows we love and want you to love. And we'll also tell you all about the streaming wars, what to stream, and where to stream it. So, Cliff, yeah? what, are you, what are you watching today? Well, I'm watching, I've watched a lot of stuff, man. <laughs> I've, watched, <laughs> I've watched a tremendous amount of stuff. But what I got to do um, is go back because of our guest today and watch one of my favorite shows, which is Dr. Cat's Professional Therapist. Oh, so good. With the yes. squiggle vision, isn't that what it's called? Squiggle vision? It invented squiggle vision, him and Tom Snyder. I don't believe squiggle vision existed before uh, Dr. Katz. And, and it's so interesting to me how things just come back around full circle uh, with, you know, everybody needing therapy right now. <laughs> like this show could not be more relevant. And it was made 99, 09, 21 years ago. And just as relevant. 21 years ago. 1999 is the pilot. That's insane. 1999 was a good year. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, it was good. It was a Y2K. Yeah, <laughs> more more chaos, and again another good time to need Dr. Katz, and now we have a pandemic, and Dr. Katz rolls back around again. Plus, you know, he had an audio book. It was like Dr. Katz the audio book, or the you know like something like like very inventive. Well, that's the brilliance of thing. it all, right? Yeah, I because, love it. You know, at the end of the day, Squiggle Vision, Squiggle Vision, right? And it's yep. it's like a very you know small like simple animation. Might as well be still pictures almost, right? <laughs> it's like right there at that right. pre level, and. uh and so to add on, um, you know, to do it in audio form really isn't a huge stretch because, like, it's it's pretty e easy to imagine those scenes. Yeah, and he has like you know the same people like the biographer is uh, her name is Julie. She was actually in the show. That was uh, that was you know that was Doctor Cat. She was the bartender, and now she's the biographer. So he's got John Hamm in there. There's the new one. But even if you go back to the old shows, I mean, he had fucking Dave Chappelle, Ray Romano. I mean, the list is so insane. How well it you know, lends itself uh, a shrinks office to, you know, the comedy world. It's oh, almost I mean, like a, you know, a mirror. I think that that's, well, and it's also one of those things, it's an easy setup, right? You can, you can go into jokes, like it's the easiest way to grab a bit, like, uh, you know, uh, where you just go, hey, so how are you feeling today? Well, uh, doctor, I'm a, you know, I was on this airplane and they were only serving peanuts. And I'm like, what's the deal with those peanuts? <laughs> yeah, Ray Romano goes right into like, I was watching the game with my wife and uh, the other girl and uh, a jump started conference. You know, it's like everyone, you're right. You're exactly right. It's uh, <laughs> it's an easy setup. Dave Chappelle still is amazing. I mean, <laughs> you go back, I don't know if it's like 2000, 2001. You know, I think it's before any of this stuff happened. Yeah, I mean, no, it's, it's, it's before any of this. I mean, it's before Chappelle show came out. It's probably mm -hmm. around half-baked time. Hi, Nancy. Hey, Macy. Um Friendly, friendly, um, friendly snacks for streaming. I think that are anything that doesn't crunch too much. I would go with a lot of marshmallows. I don't know why. Um, no, I cream like of, cream Skittles. of mushroom soups. Skittles. <laughs> Skittles. Licorice. Licorice. I don't know if you're a red vines or a Twizzler Ropes. person. Yeah. Ropes. Ropes. <laughs> Licorice. Well, I, I personally like the Twizzler nibs, but I mean, again, you know, I spent a lot of time in therapy figuring that out. Yeah. 
Uh, I spent a lot of time in you know, my, so I was just thinking about that as like, I, you know, I know that Dr. Katz isn't probably the right psychiatrist for me personally <laughs> How do you right know? now, but I don't know. Maybe it is. <laughs> Maybe that's all I really need is just somebody to know somebody's ignoring me. Well, but I, <laughs> no, he doesn't ignore. He's, he's right. On. And that's the thing about it. Like any psychiatrist I've really met is more about like diagnosing your mental issues and giving you some meds. And he's really talking to people. So for me, I, I want him as a psychiatrist because he can also diagnose the meds and figure <laughs> out what's popping in your brain, but he likes to talk to you. Yes, he does. Right. He's, he likes yes, to he spend does. time on what the patient is doing. I guess that's where it came from. And again, I'm going to ask him all this. The thing for me that was so crazy when the show first came out, Jason, was the idea that Tom Snyder was his producer. Uh-huh. And to me, growing up in New York, Tom Snyder was a, the eyewitness news guy. He was the anchor. You know, and then he had Late Late Show with Tom Snyder. Like, he was an anchorman, a newsman. I didn't even realize he was on, like, I don't know if it was McLeod or, like, he was an actual actor that, that became a producer, late night guy, comedian. I had no idea. He was, like, a very serious, staunch anchor person. What are you doing over there, Jason? I'm just trying to make sure everything's getting set up. I'm listening. Oh, okay. I'm no, working. No, I wanna... Talk, 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 talk. I got to, I got to, I'm trying to make sure we got our, our people and I'm listening. I think our uh, people love knowing that stuff. They don't just like hearing me talk. They want to know what's happening. It's all an inside them. baseball thing. Oh my goodness, um, Jason, 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 are you okay? Yeah, yeah, I'm trying to make. <laughs> I'm just fucking with you. Okay, so <laughs> I'm just fucking with you, man, because Jason's very seriously like doing work, trying to get Doctor Katz like all set up so we can actually talk to him, mm -hmm. and I'm bothering him, and he's so nice that he's trying to be nice to me while I'm bugging the crap out of him, and yet he is still. And you see it; it's a forced nicety, but he still means it. He's I'm really so nice. trying. I no, no, no. That's it. what I'm saying. You're so nice that even when I'm annoying the hell out of you, uh, and you have good reason to be annoyed, you're still like, oh, I'm going to be nice. <laughs> <laughs> and you're really nice. You're like, I'm, I'm trying, man. You're just really making my life. Okay, I'm going to stop now, but you get the idea. I get the idea. Right. So I, I eventually to a place in therapy for me where I got to, like, I was like just working on ideas in, in therapy. I'm like, does this work? Does this does this story idea work? Did, these you, two were you people, off? Was he giving you details? Like, was the was the psychiatrist like, yeah, I like that, or are you like, you know what? That sounds too contrived. <laughs> yeah, kinda. I had a good one, uh, Melissa. She was good. You know, really? she she was good with the ideas. Yeah, I'd be like, I'm working on this pilot. I'm like, these people, and she'd give me like the psychology behind it too. So I'd use them a lot of times to understand what people are thinking to write them better. I didn't I, need I, help. I, they need help. <laughs> well, okay, so. <laughs> You know, psychiatry, that's a trope that kind of comes on um, a part of, it's been a part of TV forever. Who's your forever. favorite, you know, aside from Dr. Katz, obviously, who's your favorite uh, uh, t television or um, Dr. Uh, or movie uh, psychiatrist? Dr. Malfi in The Sopranos. Uh, Lorraine Bracco. Yeah? Yeah, she's my, by far my favorite. I mean, I do like... Uh, I don't know if it was Donald Sutherland or who it was who was the therapist in Dress to Kill with Angie Dickinson. We're not spending time looking it up, but whoever that was, I did like that therapist in Dress to Kill. But really, I, I got to go with Lorraine Bracco. I mean, Peter Bogdanovich played a therapist in The Sopranos. He played Lorraine Bracco's therapist in The Sopranos, which he was fantastic as well. And I do feel like there's a Roman Polanski movie somewhere that had an amazing therapist in it. But I only like therapists when they're like, either funny as hell or evil <laughs> i don't want to see like a good therapist who does work like like jonathan Katz is a good therapist like he's actually very good at what he does but you know 
he's funny, right? So that's okay. <laughs> you know, so be good, you'd be funny or be evil and be diabolical and be up to something and like F with people's brains. I'm interested in that too. I'm talking yeah. cinematically, not in real life. No, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Right. Uh, you know, like the Jack Nicholson anger management psychotherapist. Yes. Um, yeah, yeah, exactly. That's good. That, well, by the way, that's, I don't even like that movie, but that's a good example. I, I liked him in that. Mm-hmm. Actually, you know, I did kind of like that movie, I think. I got to watch it again. Yeah, I was going to go. The, the first person, that, I don't know why this is the person that popped in my head first, um, because I knew you were, I knew exactly who you were going to say. I knew, I knew when I asked. Oh, really? Uh, yeah, I knew exactly. Oh. I knew it. I just had <laughs> a feeling. surprised. Like, oh, no, I was like, I was almost surprised at the, the, that I got it right, but I knew what. It, I, 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 the first person that popped in my head was uh, Jason Seaver, uh, who was uh, played by uh, Alan Thicke in Growing Pains. Was the first. Was shrink? Yeah, he was a shrink in that show. He, he moved it. Part of the oh. beginning of that story was all that he moved his practice into his house. Oh, I thought he was a reverend. <laughs> no. Oh, no, that's just Kirk Cameron. That's Kirk Cameron yeah. now. Sorry, yeah, right? That's, that's actually what Kirk Cameron does. Hmm. I can't be drinking something while you're working on something. You got to, like, tell me. Because then there's oh. just dead air. And I'm oh, like, oh, okay. I'm just going to have a drink and be really casual. Meanwhile, I'm just screwing things up, Jason. No, you're fine. You're doing a great job. I love listening See to you. See that? I-, I need constant reassurance every I know. See that? I don't, though. That's the thing. Like, I really don't. I, I, I don't even mind screwing things up. Half the time, I got to tell you, I feel like that's real life. People understand that. Things don't go well. When you watch TV all the time and things like that, let me tell you something. That's why I like squiggle vision. <laughs> no, I'm serious. Because it's just like, it's a little off. And that's life, man. Life's a little off. And by the way, do you notice you never see them walk? No, that, there's a good reason for that. Because you can't walk in squiggle vision? No, it'd be so much work. <laughs> like that's you've got to build like big, crazy rigs for that kind of stuff. And so to kind of make it look right, the work on that would be so difficult. Really? Really? Yeah. What kind of you gotta build a rig to make a squiggle well, vision animation character? Any walk? kind of animation if you want it to work. Yep. Macy's right. Robin Williams is a great one. That's a good good example of a good shrink. Um yeah, because you, you have to basically, if you think of everything as a puppet or on sticks, so there's 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 joints. So you have to have all your joints kind of rigged so that they move together and that your hand moves in the right way and your muscles kind of connect. And so you build basically in 3D and even in 2D, you have to build like an inside kind of system that understands when this moves, how the hands all move and stuff. It's very, very difficult. Yeah, that's why these the, a lot of these uh, movies, the Pixar movies, take years. Oh, yeah. And those are even harder. But, you know, when you're talking about just even a 2D animation, getting something to move isn't the problem. It's getting something to move and, like, still look the same. So, you're, you know, you'd have to really draw it over and over. So it's a lot more of an intense purpose. That's, that's another reason doing a show like in Squiggle Vision is so perfect because it's... Uh, it's simple in its, uh, you know, you you get all the points across without having to, you know, create a bunch of action scenes. Even Archer, you know, which we talked about a little bit before, the action scenes kind of came later. The the initial scenes are always just like them standing around talking and the the mundane part of it. And part of that is because the animation was done in Flash. It's much simpler to keep everybody kind of steady, not moving too much, not doing these giant acts. They had to learn. They had to kind of work their way into action because... Uh, the the tools they were using were super simple, and the squiggle vision was an example of a very simple early tool uh, that di- that did that. Hmm. See, I, I love learning this stuff. It's it's, yeah. it's and I think I know stuff, and then I'm like, oh, that's you know, that's that's actually it, fascinating. It's one of those things. It's like anything else. You when you start breaking it all down, like all of it's project based, and it's the same similar stuff to anything else. You need to make sure you know what your camera looks like. There's a camera and a two D 
cartoon like and it's still you know are you over your shoulder you you know you're on the side or you're in the front and all that stuff uh, it's just a you know you're the difference being that you have to kind of make puppets all right i mean look you know i mean i i, I think anything you're walking into whether it's stop motion or like you said 3d 2d it's going to be this mechanical thing that you're trying to make normal oh analyze this nancy said with De Niro and crystal uh, yeah i gotta say billy crystal was good. funny Yep. Great at his job. Funny. So I and I and this is true. The first analyze of this came out before the Sopranos. Was did the Sopranos crib that movie? I always that's what I always assumed that was kind of yeah. just cribbing off cribbing off so. that, making it more serious. Yeah, like let's well well I think, you know, what I understand about what David Chase did with the Sopranos was it was he was trying to make a show about him and his mom's messed up relationship. And he just figured out a way to do it by putting it in the mob. He's like, well, if I have the mom try to whack me, like if my mom tried to whack me, what would that do to the family? <laughs> right. And that, but that's literally, that's a, the guy who wrote, you know, worked on the Rockford Files said. And he eventually, you know, it, it took him a while to sell it, but it was really a, sh a, a show about his, you know, fucked up relationship with his mom. And the backdrop just happened to be the mob. And that's why that show works so well. So I think it was, you know, this is what I'll say. Even though it came out after, I think it was written before. Mm. I wouldn't doubt that. I mean, you're probably shopping some that thing like that around a lot longer than you're like, right. hey, I got Billy Crystal and uh, De Niro to, to agree to be in this weird right. movie. Yeah, this, this, this uh, you know, uh, Robert De Niro's going to play a mob guy again. Yeah, that probably yeah, like, green, oh, greenlit. That probably greenlights pretty fast, right? Yeah, back then? Hell yeah. yeah. <laughs> Two seconds. I mean, even now, you know, if you're not trying to get $200 million to make The Irishman, which, by the way, they still got. 150 million. You think that was that it cost that much to do that movie? I do. Yeah, I know it did. 150 million for the Irishman. Dude, look it up. What's the I mean, don't look it up now, but I'm telling you it is. It, it it really is. I swear I know we're not doing the look it up thing, but it really is. It was that was why. I mean, they could have made that movie for a lot less, but no one was going to do it for anything less than top dollar. And if they're all going to Yeah. Go ahead. And 60 million dollars and not a robot explodes. Right in the whole fucking thing, a hundred and sixty million. That was just that's just Netflix throwing money and and them going. I don't know, one hundred and fifty million. How about one hundred and sixty? Take my money. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, you have a, you have a, um, uh, you know, touch it clauses. You know, where you, uh, you know, if you touch it, you own it. You know, like someone like Robert De Niro, if he touches something on wardrobe, touches something on the set that he likes, he owns it. So that means that's not getting resold and recouped. But even that, how much money could all that be? $160 million. That's, that's so much money. Like, that's, yeah, a, that's a $30 million movie, maybe a $50 million movie to make. Apparently not. No, no, not when you can just like, hey, I, I own this. This is mine. That's my chair. I <laughs> Well, that was my point, though, is that you, you know, back, I said back in the day, Robert De Niro greenlights a gangster movie. But by the way, Robert De Niro greenlights a gangster movie now. Just like if that movie was 30 or 40 million, they would have gotten money in two seconds. But it took them a long time to raise four times that amount. Did they have to raise it, though, or did Netflix just give it to them? You know, that's a great question. I do not have the answer to that, though I am rather fascinated by it. All right, let's bring Jonathan Katz. Without any further ado, right? Just let's get him right on. Let's Dr. Jonathan on. Katz. Oh, right? I mean, immediately. Thank you, where Dr. Are you? Katz. Where is this to you? Wait, what'd you say? Where are you guys? On the West Coast? Yeah, we're in Los Angeles. Why? Well, I'm in Calabasas. So, oh. you know, that's why. 
I can't speak for Jason. Jason's like somewhere else in LA, but I'm in I'm in a pristine little area. Oh, I feel safe. Why, did you grow up on the West Coast? No, I had to. I grew up in Long Island. That's what I'm talking about. What about the West Coast? You're not interviewing me here, Doctor Katz. <laughs> I'm I'm hip to you. I'm in Newton, Massachusetts. Oh, you know what? I have family in Newton. Newton's gorgeous. Yeah. Newton's gorgeous. I have family there. It's beautiful. I, I love it there. Hey, can you guys see our ceiling here? I can. The wood beams? Yeah. Well, no, the wood panels. Yeah. It's just the whole the ceiling is extraordinary. It's like a Douglas fir. Which I, I built myself from scratch. You did? Are you, are you messing around? Yeah. Okay, good. Because I, I know you have a problem opening boxes with staples, so I didn't want to... <laughs> Get too into the wood thing, but it's gorgeous in there. You smoking cigars in there? No, I, 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 I'm not doing, not doing a fucking thing. Can I say that? <laughs> you can say any fucking thing you want on this show. Good. Um, so, Dr. Katz, welcome and thank you for being here. I personally am a huge fan. Seen every episode of Dr. Katz multiple times. Blown away that your partner's with Tom Snyder. Can you tell me how that starts? How do you guys and get a Yeah. Do you know Tom Snyder? Do you know about his work? I, I listen. I grew up. Uh, Eyewitness News was my news. He was my my trusted anchor man when I still watched the news my whole life. Different guy. I know. Oh, not the same Tom Snyder. Oh, that Tom Snyder's dead. Wait, but I looked up now because I thought it was a different Tom Snyder. I looked it up on IMDb and the list of McLeod and that guy. That's not the guy that produced Doctor Katz. No. Oh, thank God. Now, can you explain to me who the real guy is? Because I thought that was the weirdest coupling I ever heard in my life. But the real guy is a guy who had a software company called Tom Snyder Productions, educational software. Huh. And somewhere along the line, he discovered that he knew how to make animation in a very interesting way. And he also saw me in a film called Things Change and was very drawn to my comedy. And we lived near each other. So we started working together. <laughs> Sorry. Um, Wait, are you, are you falling asleep on yourself? Yeah, I, I bore myself to tears. Because we're not bored on this side, so don't project, please, Dr. Katz. Okay. Okay, we're very engaged. You're very enigmatic. Um, I just had my DNA tested. By the way. Oh, yeah? What'd you come out with? Came back negative. <laughs> That's a good one. Are you worried? Thank you. <laughs> I like... <laughs> you, know who, you know who says it's, that's a good one? Mm, who? Somebody's father. Wait, somebody's what? Father. Like, if you made a joke, you'd Oh, that's a good one, buddy. Right. But anyway, thank you for saying it. I know what you mean. No, I was actually meaning it. <laughs> I really did. I'm laughing still from that one. And I'm still thinking about all of these things that I want to talk to you about. So I want to start from the 90s for you. Is that okay? Yes. Great. So I, I want to start out first because I had this thought where you had an episode, I don't know if it was season four, where you want to write a song and Ben thinks the song sucks after you rent all the equipment and everything. Studio. Right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And to me, I was always wondering if that was kind of the, the songwriting was the metaphor for you for being a, a, a doctor and wanting to go do stand-up in the 90s. You're thinking much too hard. I always do. Oh, that was just a funny idea. <laughs> Okay, but you know, I'm, I, I, this is what I do. We get a little meta here. Go on. Yeah, but um, so uh, no. Well, I think I remember. I, as a kid, I owned a Wallen sack tape recorder from the mm -hmm. time I was like twelve years old, and I recorded everything as a kid, and that's what sort of inspired the idea in my mind. And 
Tom is a superb musician. So uh, I think the song that Ben sang, or that the song that yeah that he heard, uh, was a song that Tom wrote, and his response was, "That sucks." <laughs> but are we talking about the same episode? Same episode. Talking about that exact one. Yes. So no, not the same thing for, <laughs> not a metaphor at all for your stand-up. So you're yeah. doing stand-up in the 90s and you're, you have a, pa a practice at this time while you're doing this? What do you mean? Oh, like a medical practice, like a doctor practice. Oh no. You think I'm an actual shrink, don't you? No, I'm fucking with you, cats. Oh, man. <laughs> Jason. <laughs> You did not. Thank you. I'm so glad that you walked into that. Jonathan, he's been doing the same thing to me all day. He, he I, I don't know what his problem is today. He needs, he needs some help. He, I don't need help. I think he all morning. Funny. He's been messing with me all morning. <laughs> I thought it was good. Okay, so now that we're past that, most things you do in the show, though, are true. Most things you talk about, they are true, correct? They are or are not true. No, they are, right? That's the yeah. thing I've read a lot about everything yeah. in the show. No, nothing is made up, you know, because... I'm playing a guy whose last name is, well, his name is Jonathan Katz, and, which is my last name, my personal last name, and a lot of the things are just straight out of my life, and even some of the things that's, that, are, that Ben has, uh, that are, have become part of Ben's life are also part of, part of my life and his life. Yeah. So tell me a little about how you meet Ben. Is he coming in for an audition when the show's set up? I mean, how, how does this happen? Because this is before anything. Yeah, he came into audition for the role of my father. As, really? as did my father. <laughs> and to tell my actual dad that he's not right for the part, that was tough. It's tough. Yeah. I keep, I keep wondering if I'm going to walk into you effing with me next. All right, go on. No, no, it's just... <laughs> um, so, so you had to tell your dad he didn't like the he, he didn't work for the part. And w did you immediately know when H. John comes in, you know, uh, that that he's the guy? Well, you know, he was right for something, and it took a while to get to the the idea that he was my son. And he also he was going out with Laura Silverman at the time, who plays Laura. Plays Laura, yeah, of course. I mean, and and that idea. So, so that idea was in the show already of the, of the receptionist, or is he brings it to you and then it kind of reshapes. No, I think the idea for Laura was the fact that every time I tried, I called John up, she answered the phone. She was so fucking rude to me that I said, "That's that's our receptionist." Um, Just be you. Yeah. You know, so, right. So you had the receptionist in the idea of the pilot, just not Laura, and not that attitude. No, it was it was Laura, and it was the attitude. Oh, so she just was the part. Yeah. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> That's yeah. fantastic. So, And they were dating at the time, so they got to do this show together. Right. And the worse they were getting along, when they started not getting along at all, it helped our show because they, they didn't really get along in the show. You know? At all. <laughs> she tolerated him. Yes. At best. Hey, did, did, yes. Did, Remember an episode called Mask? That was my favorite episode. Mask, yes, of course I remember that episode. And that's where uh, Ben and I admit to each other that we both have fantasies about killing each other. <laughs> yes. 
And he said, Daddy, Dad, how are you going to do it? I said, I don't know, lethal injection. You are such a coward. Um, anyway, the guy cracks me up, John Benjamin. Well, I mean, he's one of the, we've had him on the show. He's one of the best out there with, without a doubt. Okay. And I, we had a similar thing, except I didn't, I had to convince him he was in Master of None, which he forgot about. What is Master? Oh, it was that uh, show with the comedian um, Aziz. Uh, oh. that, yeah, so he, he kind of played himself, but not himself. But Similar. Did, did he do a voiceover for that show? No, he, he acted. It was live action. With, with John Benjamin was in it? Yeah, yeah. We had this, that's what I'm saying. We had this whole thing where I was like, I know it's the show. Right. Now I don't okay. believe anything anybody says anymore. <laughs> no? You've given up? It's just not worth it. <laughs> okay, so <laughs> it's not worth well, it to invest in, in belief in anything anyone says? I once said to, I once said to, I think it was to Tom Snyder that not so much that I don't like the truth, but it's just not the first thing that occurs to me. <laughs> and he liked that line. I like that line too, but I want to know what the first thing that is occurs, that does occur to you is. Probably a joke. No, that's where my mind goes. Instead of the truth. Yeah. So you're doing stand now. You're you're from Newton, right? So you you start out doing stand up in Boston. No, in New York. I I actually grew up in New York City. Oh, um, in Manhattan. Yeah. Gotcha. Uh, I, I lived on every even numbered street on the west side of Manhattan, starting from seventy second to ninety six. Why'd you move around so much? My dad was in the mob. No, no, no. You know, I, I, uh, I can't really explain that. Okay, we'll just pass right over it then, like I didn't ask it. So you lived on every even. <laughs> Go on. Hey, Cliff, do you have any kind of relationship to Puerto Rico? Uh, other than knowing what it is? No. Is that just a random question? Because you, you look a little bit like you might be Puerto Rican. Oh, wow. Thank you. No, which I... Which would uh, give me an opportunity to tell you that my sister's been living there for 40 years. She like it? Awesome. But, um, no, I'm Ashkenazi well, Jew and Irish. Really? Yeah, 50-50. Wow. Well, 50-40 and then 10% other stuff. I'm an Ashkenazi Jew, too. Yeah, but I'm adopted, so that's what you see. So I know oh, that you... Right, oh. so we have that in common, that, that you're, right. some, one of your daughters adopted, right? You've done your research. That's right. I'm a fan of yours. I'm not kidding. Like it's not. I'm not a, like I. I love having people on who I'm a fan of. I actually know what's going on. I don't yeah. have to do as much research. So, <laughs> but yes, I am. I'm adopted. So, and it was a very Jewish adoption agency in New York. This Louise Wise. Wait, you know that one? Were they in trouble with the law or something? Well, they were already closed. It was the triplet documentary. Right. Jesus. Yeah, I, I had to actually call and find out if I was an experiment. Sue? Uh, this guy is amazing. See, you just call me amazing, Jason. <laughs> He's more interesting than I am. See that? I'm We're working this out. Right. So I had to call, Jonathan. I had to call up to have a special number, even though the, the adoption agency had closed already, to find out if I had a twin or a triplet that they did experiments on and separated us. And they had a Nazi doctor. Yeah, that's an amazing story. I'm so glad you survived. And you seem like a really lovely guy. 
Thank you very much. This is what happens. And apparently, I'm good-looking enough to be kind of Puerto Rican. So I'm going to take that as well to the yeah. bank for the whole week. Really? Thank you. All right, wait. So let, let's get back to this. So you did an audio book, right? 2019-18, right? Uh, Dr. Katz, the audio book? Right. Which I, I loved. You had John Hamm on it, right? Doing any more of these? Um, no, but the show I'm doing on Sunday, he's appearing as the patient, John Hamm. You know, you know, you guys know about the Rush Picks show. It's Sunday, yeah, we're, we're right on the. You see the crawl there? So I'm actually, I actually have it. Uh, we have it on, on the on the on the, the the screen for everybody to see. It's on Sunday at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern. Yeah, Rushticks.com/slash/events/slash/doctor/slash/cats. I honestly thought that was just like a coincidence. That was it. <laughs> I got you. See, don't care about the truth. You just go for the joke. I'm, I see you. Right. You know, John is a Andy Kinder, uh, Susie Essman, Bob Saget, who's disgusting and funny. Well, that's that's now we're talking raising dad, and I have to blame you for BJ Novak, you and Bob. We had Bob on the show also. He's a friend about 20 years. Oh, oh really? Yeah, yeah I know him. He's a really great guy. Love. Love. He's a real, you know, real mensch, real good human, good soul, like really gives a crap. Yeah, he does. And, but yet, go ahead. And you mentioned B.J. Novak? He was yes, a, I did. Yes. He was a writer on your show on, on Raising Dead. Yeah. That, was, I, that was his first job in, in TV. I gave Out of Harvard. Yeah. yeah that's why I said. I have to blame you and Bob for him. His, his dad is a good friend of mine. That's how that happened. Oh, really? His dad is a guy named uh, Bill Novak. Who wrote a book called The Big Book of Jewish Humor and The Big Book of American Humor. I own and it. Also is a is a ghostwriter, wrote wrote Nancy Reagan's book, Oliver North and name of Creep, but he wrote that book. Um, wow. but he made a lot of money as a ghostwriter. See, this explains a lot now yeah. about BJ. So it's not really from nowhere. He was raised in a literary world. This is not to grow up in the Novak family, you have to be so talented. His brother Jesse does the music for uh, Bojack Horseman. For I did not know this. Yeah. I mean, this is, I, I haven't actually, I'm not a fan of BJ. Now, you're uh, from what you're telling me, I'm going to go back and start watching everything again and look at him completely different. Because this is now fascinating to me. I just thought he was this privileged kid who just popped out of Harvard and like walked onto a job. He, he, no. Yeah, no, this is fascinating. Yeah. There is. Okay. Um, you know, my wife is in the, in the nonprofit business, as is my daughter, my older daughter. And they are raking it in. Um, no. So, you know, BJ did a, a very sweet thing for her organization, just to have in their 25th anniversary. And he made a video for them, as did um, Ray Romano. Chris, help me out here, Chris Rock. Um, wow. And what's the nonprofit called? What is this? Can people see this? Or? The Lenny Zygmunt Fund. And Lenny, Lenny Zygmunt Fund. Zygmunt, Z-A-K-I-M, as in the Zygmunt Bridge in Boston. Oh. Um, and he was a guy who was an, an activist and mostly worked around... Um, for the anti-defamation movement. Yes, I know it well. 
ADL. So, so, and that's interesting because you brought up Ray Romano and I just, I mean, I know it's back then a little bit, but how do you get Romano and Chappelle? You have them on the same show. Am I correct? Yes. Yeah. Same show. How does this happen? And tell me about this. Because I was working as a stand, I did stand up for 15 years before Dr. Katz and all these guys, I worked with Ray Romano in Las Vegas. I worked with, I, I never worked with Chappelle, but I guess my, he, we were friends of friends. Don Herrera, I worked with in New York mm. at the Improv. Um, yeah, he's in the pilot. Yeah. Okay, so is there anyone, I, I have to ask, because, you know, you've been, you've done a lot of interviews, and you say that a lot of the stuff in Dr. Katz is all based on truth, all based on someone you know, something true. So, I'm just curious, you know, who, and I had to write this down because it was so weird. Who collects corks and staples that you know? Collects corks? Yeah. <laughs> it was like a weird little thing that you attributed to, to, to Ben. Oh, you know who collected corks? This, this is kind of a long story, but if you have time. We're not going anywhere. Tell me what you got. My dad, um, when he was younger, was in the labor movement, and he was... No, he wants to know where the corks came from, sweetie. I don't the truth. He was, um, he was subpoenaed by the House on American Activities Committee, as long as my mom. And then after he gave up on, 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 on communism, he decided he, he was very drawn to wealthy women. And one of those wealth, wealthy women was the heir to the Bloomingdale estate. Oh, this is such a long story. Anyway, her, her brother was a guy who collected corks. And this was in Scarsdale, New York. I know it well. It's not that long a story, Dr. No. Katz. Oh, Dr. How, Katz. How does it come up in this story? Well, I'm saying... Well, how does it come? Well, come. Oh, I could tell you how how you guys wrote it. You, you you bought a I don't know if you bought an exercise bike. I think it was or some kind of bike. And he has to take it. He's like, oh, but save the staples. You know, I collect staples. You're like, I know, and corks. Oh my god, that's not, that's the electric bike. Yeah, that's exactly right. It's the electric yeah. bike before anyone was riding electric bikes. Yeah, and I did buy an electric bike before the episode. <laughs> Do you still have it? Does it still work? No, no, <laughs> it's gone. Now, I do have to ask you this, though, because you talk about your dad. Is it true that you never got birthday presents as a kid? Is that true? Huh. <laughs> you are breaking my heart. No. Um. <laughs> I'm not trying to. <laughs> Jason comes collapse. back. He's like, Cliff, Cliff, Cliff. Cliff. <laughs> Don't Cliff, break Cliff. his heart. He's got a show on Sunday. <laughs> He's going to be awesome. Go ahead. Sorry. Go. No, I don't, I don't think birthdays were a big deal in my life. Um, they weren't. But now are they? Yeah, my, um, okay. my birthday is December 1st, the same as Woody Allen, Sarah Silverman, Richard Pryor, and Bette Midler. Um, it's a hell of a group. Yeah, and not only, not only do I have the same birthday as Richard Pryor, I have the same disease that he had. <laughs> what? You do? Yeah. I, I, I thought you were making a joke, and I laughed, but that was very serious. Yeah, no, I've had MS since 1997. Wow, amazing. I mean, you are functioning so high level. How, so you're doing well. Yeah. I mean, I, with the exception of my body at the time. 
Okay, so there's the joke. I like so, <laughs> so tell us a little about what's happening on Sunday, Dr. Katz Live. We know it's Rush Ticks, but it's going to be the same format that you're doing and everybody's kind of knows and loves. It's, it's going to be so, it, it's going to be that format, but it's going to be so different. It's just, there have been so many iterations of Dr. Katz, and I don't know what the word means either. But, um, you know, there was a cartoon, then there was Dr. Katz Live at the festivals, the audio book, which you know about. Um, and this is just another version of that. But it's going to be very, it's going to be, both wonderful and a little bit tense because there's so much technology involved, as you guys know. We live yeah. stream. We do. And and by the way, so this is Sunday, 5 p.m. Eastern time, and Jason just showed up, so you know what that means. 5, uh, 5 p.m. Pacific. It's 8 p.m. Eastern. What did I say? Five, it's five, you said 5 Eastern. It's 5 p.m. Pacific, 8, 8 Eastern. Um, the link is, uh, at, you can go to rushticks.com and it's in one of the events um, or the link will be in our bio here. Um, it's going to be a lot of fun. Um, and like uh, you said, it's going to have John Hamm, Oscar Nunez, Bob Saget, Susie Essman, Andy Kindler, Paul F. Tompkins, who's one of my absolute favorites, and uh, uh, the return of Laura Silverman as the receptionist. Yes. Very excited about that. Dr. Katz, I can't thank you enough for spending time here today with us. I said that about Paul Tompkins because for years mm -hmm. I thought it was just me and Laura Silverman that liked him. I didn't realize how many fans he has. He's brilliant. He's, he's done a lot of stuff. He's done a lot of really great podcasts that people love, but he's just a funny, funny guy and, just a, and also such a nice person. I really yeah. like him. Well, I'm going to tell me as a fan. <laughs> Good. He'll, he'll need to know. <laughs> One. And um, I always, if I'm going to, if I, if I ever have to dress for a, uh, for a wedding or a, uh, I don't know, a bar mitzvah, he's the first person I call. He's got the suits. You know, you know the, what he does better than anybody else as, as an improv actor what? is being indignant. You know, <laughs> right. <laughs> he definitely can. <laughs> Did you actually say, did you mean that when you said that kind of stuff? Uh, he's, he's very funny. The last time I saw him live, he, um, doing improv, he was playing uh, uh, Hulk Hogan as, as if Hulk Hogan ran a, um, a bunch of uh, restaurants the same way that Kenny Rogers did. So it was like, a, like Kenny Rogers Roasters, only it was a Hulk Hogan in Florida thing. And he was just so perfect. Exactly what you're saying. Very indignant, but also playing the Hulkster. So it was very fun. Have you seen his video about um, working? His, one of his first straight jobs was working in a, in a video store, but they only, they only rented Betamax tapes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm going to watch that. That's so funny. Well, but you know who else is funny? You are very funny, and you are really great and, and so awesome to be here. We really appreciate you. And thank you for all the funny stuff that you've done. And thank you for, you know, bringing us, you and H. John Benjamin, all these people. It's, uh, yeah. thank, we're very grateful. And thank you for setting me straight on BJ. <laughs> and if I can set, bring you and Jason and Cliff a little bit closer together, then it's worth it for me. <laughs> well you have succeeded sir thank you so much tell your wife thank you very much for everything yes, and um, remember to everybody who's listening go to get the show Rush Ticks we'll be there um, we're very excited for this show 5pm Pacific 8pm Eastern 
rushticks.com, uh, Dr. Katz. Yes, thank you, Dr. Katz. Have a good night. Yes, you thank too. You. Have a great night, Dr. Katz. Dr. Jonathan Katz, ladies what and gentlemen. What a gentlemen. nice guy. Yes. What a great... I love that. And listen, I get shit wrong all the time, but I love that he walked right into me thinking he was a shrink. <laughs> and I was laying the pipe in our conversation. I'm like, no, well, Dr. Katz is a great shrink, but he's funny. See, laid the pipe yeah. and it worked later and he walked right into it. See, oh, I so treat funny. him like anyone else. That's all. I did get that other thing wrong though with Tom Snyder. That was an actual faux pas, but that, that only works into me getting at least two things wrong a show. I, I think that um, you, I think that you guys did great. I think he's so funny. And what's, what's neat about, well, what's neat about him is that, 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 that dry humor there, that where he, he like, first thing he told you, he's like, I built this house. And you're like, really? He's all no. Right. But that's why when he said, oh, you know, I have the, funny, you know, I have the same disease as Richard Pryor, MS. I'm like, what? 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 <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I thought he was fucking with me. And then I'm like, oh, wait, okay, you do. And like, by the way, he's doing like very well. Like I had no idea at all. And it just builds into everything that his artistry is about to me. Yep. There's something oh. just so cool about him. And so yes. like endearing and fun and sweet. And, uh, you know, that's super cool. Yeah. Just uh, all love. All really is and and funny as hell. So so I can't wait for this thing on Sunday. So we're back. We're back. We're back. We're back. And you know what? It's holiday season. I know. You, have That's you started crazy. hearing Christmas stuff? Have you been seeing Christmas stuff around? The weird thing about being on quarantine is that I don't. You know, I don't know. We still have our Halloween stuff up. It'll be up for another couple of weeks. Uh -huh. And we just all we do is switch out the bulbs. Um, <laughs> Uh, is that what you do? Oh, was that my mom? Yeah. Wait, did my mom just say very unusual guest? So funny. Thanks for having him in. Yep. Thank you, mom. I love you. <laughs> of course, I have more than one f bomb on the time my mom. The time your mom. Yeah, yeah, she doesn't yeah, watch very the often. Time she comments. That's why she's all listen. I yeah. understand. Now she's um, watched three times more than my dad. <laughs> <laughs> I love you, mom. All right, go on. Uh, so, uh, what were we? Well, I was just saying it's Christmas, so we don't Christmas, really see so anything in to, here. You, you're saying you don't change it. All you do is change the bulbs. Yeah, because my, my wife just puts a bunch of lights out there, and we just, you know, we'll have to pull in some of the some of the cemetery stuff and a couple of the skeletons. Otherwise, whatever. Uh, <laughs> you just but, leave it. But it's, but it's, you know, there's the music's coming. I'm sure that if I were to leave the house, I would see a lot more Christmassy things, but it really right. doesn't matter when I'm home. But one of the no. things that I did get was I got a pair of Christmas christmas striped meandies in my meandies bag this month because it's christmas time and i think that's part of it like i think that that they're, they're gearing up and they're getting ready and uh and they're bringing that soft for, for christmas well yeah i mean again by the way i'm very a little jealous i've been looking for my new meandies bag i'm like oh i need some more warmth mm -hmm. like you know because i wear them and now i have to do laundry mm -hmm. and i've worn every one of them that i have now that's what happens that's it and if someone would gift them to me I literally, it, this is bear time. It's like we said yesterday. It's when bears go into hibernation. Mm -hmm. And like Look I said, <laughs> hibernation. I'm just tearing eyes. I'm just tearing eyes. I'm a fucking captain. I'm sorry, Ellen. Um, sorry, Mrs. Dorfman. Um, I'm a, I'm a captain caveman at this point. There, there's nothing, there's nothing but me, but, but hair, face and hat. Yeah. Jason's hood's up uh, and this is it. And it's on and it is hibernation time. And by the way, we've been hibernating all year. This is eight months into this. I can't believe it's the holidays. We're at Thanksgiving already. It's going to be Christmas. You got to start getting people things. This is the easiest thing. Oh, my and goodness. the best thing. It is so comfortable. Can, you tell, can I tell you something I found on the site the other day when I was looking around it? Oh, for sure. Because I'm going to probably get it. Modal stockings. Really? Yeah. 
They have, huh. they have Christmas llamas. They have a quilted uh, quilted one. Uh, they have the the moose with the tree that I told you I wanted for my next uh, hoodie. Um, they have stockings made out of modal. They are also doing slippers, hard sole slippers now. Wait, this is all part of these new winter products that they, yeah. they got? These for are the, the stocking stuffers, literally stockings. You can literally buy huh. a stocking and you can ha- fill it full of underwear and you can give it to the person that needs it or just what? wants it. Like some holiday themed, like PJ you can, set. Oh, I'm, and I'm not kidding about this. I, I I've told you this before, right? What? When when um we first started doing um this whole lockdown thing and this whole quarantine thing before we got our masks delivered, I would take my um, meundies and I just take one leg and I pull it over my face. Yes. It's nice and tight, and I just <laughs> cover my face like this. But I just pull it over and then I tuck the other you did one into it. my back of the back of my shirt, so it looked like I was wearing maybe a camel pack or something. But it it you know. It, <laughs> Quit looking behind me. Look at my face. Quit, quit going behind my back and looking at my back. Anyway, they have done, they are doing face gaiters. They're doing modal face gaiters now where you can actually take. Oh, get out. No, they have them. They're 14 bucks, $10 for members. And if you have the membership, that means you get a big percentage off on top of your other stuff. Yeah, the membership's huge with the free shipping and everything. This is yep. the way to go. 19, get- less than 20 a month. You got you got giraffes. They have face masks too. You can actually get right straight up face masks that are um, actually a little more expensive because I think they because it, it takes a lot more work to actually make them into face masks than it does to make them into just uh, pant legs. <laughs> but you can get <laughs> face gaiters. You can get um, um, masks from them. And if you want, they you, they even do bandanas. Like whatever way you like to like quarantine and 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 cover up for the you know for everything they have it for you and it is soft on your face like it's the kind of software most people are like i can't wait to take this mask off it's itchy it's hot i can't breathe you it's could as soft like, on your face as the like, i want it on, on my face i'm a goddamn ninja now <laughs> wait you're saying it's as soft as my on my face as the underwear is as on, my is on my bum bum as, uh, as tom would the say. the, the me undies on my bum the me undies on my face I mean, I, I got to tell you, I'm buying at least one to two of these when we hang up this show. Absolutely. Like Absolutely. Yeah, hang these up. Are, I don't know. These are these. after we hang up on this show. hang up on this show. <laughs> um, but yeah, so, you know, go to MeUndies.com, offer code stuck, you know, get prepped for uh, for a little bit of a wintertime uh, hibernation because you need yeah. to. We'll give a gift uh, to your friends, your family, your relatives, 15% off, free shipping. Come on. Yeah. Uh, give a gift to your face. Give the gift of <laughs> softness to your face. Wrap your Kris Kringle and yeah. go mingle. I had what? a question for you today, and I what don't you know got? if you've seen this movie. Um, so this might be a question that we end really, really fast <laughs> um, because we won't know or won't have heard about it as much. But um, there's this movie came out uh, recently called. No, 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 I gotta just find it again because I, I, when I was searching <laughs> crazily for everything, um, I lost the spe- the, the specifics. Um, but uh, it's got some weird reviews, and I just was kind of curious about your your kind of take on it. This hillbilly el- elegy e- movie, yeah, Elegert or whatever, el- elegy or elgy. No, that's ne- I haven't. It's next on my list. It's is Netflix. It? Okay, yeah, it's Netflix. It's a Netflix movie. I'm hearing um, it's as not as it's almost as bad as Mank, which I haven't yeah, watched yet either. I haven't watched Mank either. Um, but I Mank love is bad. Barry. Well, that's what that's what everyone's saying. It's so boring. It's this again. I I, I have to watch it. First, so I'll let you know what I think because that's on that because it hasn't come out yet. Uh, but it, you know, anything with Gary is like first on my list to do. Absolutely. Uh, but so this thing is right. That thing's on my list. That's Netflix. The Hillbilly Elegard or whatever it's called. Got it. Got it. 
So yeah. I don't know, but is it interesting reviews? Because I've been hearing some weird stuff about it. Well, it's it's kind of been universally kind of reviled. Um, by it's been torn apart by the critics, and that's why I was curious about it. It's got Amy Adams and Glenn Close. It's off a memoir, but it's just been getting some really like this movie sucks. It's about uh, it's filled with stereotypes. It's very much like uh, unable to grapple the issues and. Um, and then it's super melodramatic, but it, it's it, the reason I bring it up is because it's one of those ones that's getting like an overwhelming amount of like criticism. And I think that some of that's probably political. So that's why I was curious. We can talk about it when we, when, when you get there, <laughs> when okay. you get there. Well, I'm looking forward to it now. Um, I find yeah. that when things are so reviled, there's usually something going on with it. Like it's evoking that. So mm -hmm. it's, it, it may very well be doing its job. Yeah. And you that's know, why... Like, yeah, and that's why we'll be interested in seeing it. And Mank, Mank is directed, it's Gary Oldman, but it's directed by David Fincher. Fincher. And, and it's screenplays by Jack Fincher. Yeah. I mean, who's, 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 uh, who I was, immediately was like, oh, that's David's son. No, no it's his that's dad. David's dad. Yeah, that's the son making the dad's like long time passion piece. Yeah. I'm dying to see this. I don't care who says this is boring. Gary Oldman is never boring. That's what I think about Amy Adams. Like as melodramatic as Amy Adams is, mm -hmm. she's still better than almost everyone out there. So, you know, like, let me just, let me just take a look. And by the way, maybe it is boring. I don't know. But, you know, if you're telling me a father, a son is finishing the father's work, I mean, that's a big deal. You know, and I, here's what I say about that too. Um, good. That's awesome. Yeah. Damn right. Congrats. Yeah, that's Thank what you. I'm saying. And by the Thank way, you. I still can't wait to see it. But I want to bring something up to you that was in the news. You know, entertainment oh, news I like today. it. Yay. Tell me news. Because you first brought up to me about the horrid, horrid audio on every single Chris Nolan movie. Yes. And how it's bad. And we, you know, I think it was your hypothesis or your theory, which I absolutely agree with, is that his scripts are so, you know, kind of lackluster and they, they avoid any kind of logic or movie police or anything that he just drums out the audio. Yes. So he actually made a statement on it. Oh, really? Yeah, a, a bunch of filmmakers. He said filmmakers would call him up and be like, I can't hear anything in your movie. He's like, I didn't realize people were so... Uh, he used the term. I wish I... I This is my fault. I should have looked it up. But he's a term like, I didn't realize people were so, uh, you know, uh, uh, like uh, fancy-dancy about, you know, sound. It's like, no, you know, and to steal from Brandon Katz, what he said on his tweet was, no, people just want to hear what people are saying, dude. That's all. Yeah, exactly. Right. And, and, but so you have been vindicated. What you have been saying. He said, he said here, yeah, I, and I have the quote you. just so of you can do that. It was a very, very radical mix. The I was a little shocked to realize how conservative people are when it comes to sound. Conservative. Because you can make a film that looks like anything. You can shoot it on your iPhone. No one's going to play. But if you mix the sound a certain way, if you use certain sub-frequency, people get up in arms. Like somehow, because it's an inaudible movie. Right. No, I couldn't. And you know what? To be fair, I couldn't follow the action scenes either. Me either. In that movie, they were also completely. They were. They were the audio. The, they were the bad audio of visual. Yeah. Listen, Nolan, Chris Nolan. For me, from my heart to heart, man. Just go. Just go. All right. It sucked. I'm gonna make another movie. Everyone will forget about well, it. It's not like Don't defend first, it. This isn't the first time he's had these problems. Like he created a character in that Batman movie that was completely inaudible. Bane. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like they, had to, they had to fix him. They had to fix him. Yeah. Yeah. This is what I'm saying. Like all the writers work, all everything, it's all out the window. Even if there was stuff that made sense in there, we're never going to know it. And this is not a one-time thing. It's not just with Tenet. Right. 
No, this isn't like I think Chris is an interesting cat. He's like, I want my movies to be on big screens, on big speakers. I don't want anybody to be able to hear them. You're only gonna and hear I don't half. want any of this shit to make sense. Right. So only some of it. Yeah. There'll be enough sense making where people get angry. <laughs> and you'll hear enough of the movie where people get more angry. Yeah. No, and, and I think part of that that makes me crack up too is because like Fincher, you know, not Fincher, excuse me. Um uh, Lynch doesn't want anybody to, he doesn't like to explain his movies at all, but you can hear what people are saying. Right. But what right, they're saying weird just one makes with no the monkey, sense. I know what happened. At least I know like it's crazy and I don't think they filmed it in the same place or actually answered the same questions, but at least I understand there's a story there and I could hear it. Right. Or I'll just go, yo, uh, Kyle, 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 just don't talk. <laughs> don't talk yeah. like four episodes. Yeah. For four episodes. He's like, oh, and then, you know, Kyle's just been working with David way too long. He's like, Got it. Got it. No talking. All the stuff we wrote last, everything you wrote for the last four episodes. Yeah, don't say a word. Just act it out. <laughs> exactly. Pantomime. At least you can hear it, and you can you know follow it in your own way. <laughs> Shit. Yes. Well, yeah. Like, you you can make up your own narrative if you want, but you yeah. can hear the words. Even you know you look at Bane, he had a mask, and you look at Vel uh, 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 Blue Velvet. You know Dennis Hopper had a mask. I understood everything Dennis Hopper said. Yep. Didn't make sense, but I understood it. Exactly. Exactly. Okay, so I thought you might appreciate that. I piece appreciate of news. that. That's funny. I, he just he, he just cracks me up because he just seems so like he's like the most like one of the outside of maybe Cameron, one of the biggest movie like makes the biggest most uh, yeah, money so making movies of this time. That's and so it's and, but it's still one of those things where it's like no, nah, this is my this how, this is how he like claims film like he holds on to it this way by like making the the whole tr soundtrack inaudible. <laughs> Yeah, and that's the thing. Like, there won't even be a moment. It's like you just basically what he says is you're just not smart enough to get it. That's what he's saying. That's his response. I'd rather a Quentin response. I reject your hypothesis. Yeah, I agree. That's then give me that. Okay, so so right. go on. Wait, we're there. Um, I, well, I just want to talk about some content that's coming tonight and ready to go. So, um, you know, we have Mandalorian. I know you're super excited about the next Mandalorian. Sorry, yeah. No, but you know, must three. watch Mandalorian with but Jason and David Schilling. Morning, so People should that. listen to. You should watch it if you if you're into the Star Wars stuff. You should watch. We 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 do a deep dive into it. It's fun. Finally, Freaky's coming out tonight at nine o'clock or midnight, <sighs> depending on where. So we could watch that, which I heard is great. Can't wait. We will talk about that tomorrow for sure. And I'm surprised you could make a movie called Freaky. I just real quick. Can make just called Freaky. It's Freaky Friday, basically, yeah. is the movie, right? But you just call it Freaky, and everybody's like, that's somehow not in any way like trademarked a little bit. No, you can't. It's very hard to trademark a title at all. Yeah, it's crazy. But I can call like, anything Freaky like, Friday. If you call it Freaky, it's like when they call um, the Fast and the Furious just Fast and Furious. Like you're just taking little part of the name. It seems like it's serious. Like, the you Fast. Know, do you want? I, here's, my, here's my pitch to this. Somewhere in there, we either need. The um, we need yes. we we need twins. We just need to the, the the you know we need to see like either either set of twins from either set of freaky or freaky Fridays to like tie it all together. Well, I mean, I think the big question no, not is freaky Friday. Wait, I'm going to move up so I have my normal voice. I was looking something up. So, but I think the big question is yeah. is that and I'm doing the looking. I just up want now. a Lindsay Lohan to show up. I just want a Lindsay Lohan cameo to get killed in this movie. To just tie it back to the the two thousand three uh, Freaky Friday, Miss Lindsay, she's the yeah. best. Or, or you know what, J Jamie Lee Curtis loves horror movies. Have Jamie Lee Curtis in there somewhere getting killed? I don't care. One of them. I was just looking to see if it's based on Freaky Friday, but it's not. No. Right. So I'm not sure how they get away with that. I guess it's too much. You know, no one cares anymore. Yeah, That's Barbara Harris probably passed by now. But you know, if we no can get Jimmy Foster. Well, no. The only people who would care would be the estate. Yeah, I would care. 
Or Faster Star in the Rock. Yes, Faster. I, remember, I love that movie, by the way. Yeah, That's but they good. own that. Neil Moritz owns it. So he can go, yeah, we're going to do Faster. We're going to do Furious. Oh, you know, yeah, Furious faster, well, faster yeah. wasn't even uh, Fast and the Furious movie. It's just a movie where The Rock came in, got out of jail, and just immediately started murdering all the people that um, killed his friend. Yes, but it's Neil Moritz. It's original oh. film, or original kind, whatever it is. It's, uh, you know, they're making it. It's still a spinoff of got their... It. It's not like I created Freaky Friday and now I'm doing Freaky. And it's like, okay, well, I still oh, own it. it. Who am I going to do? Sue myself? Got it. Yeah, there's just a lot of Freaky Friday stuff going out there. I mean, there's a 76, uh, Jodie Foster, Barbara Harris. But look at Vice Versa film. with Judge uh, Reinhold. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, there's a whole, you know, then we don't, you know, when you start getting into the Kirk Camerons of it all. But just call it named yeah. Freaky Friday. 17 Not even again. all the other ones. There's a 95 film, Gabby Hoffman and Shelley Long. 2003, Lindsay Lohan and Jamie Lee Curtis. 2018, TV film, Heidi Blinkenstaff and Kuzi Zushudloff um, from Disney Channel. And I know <laughs> I fucked those names up. There's a musical uh, based on the 1976 and 2003 oh films. Um, obviously, everybody remembers the Freaky Friday song from Lil Dicky and Chris Brown. I'm not sure if you remember that, but it was pretty good. I don't. Oh yeah, it was. It's it's uh, Chris Brown who, who hits women. Yeah, it, oh. like just yeah. a reminder. Yes, absolutely. that happened. Little Dicky and Little Dicky and Chris Brown wake up in each other's bodies in a rap song, and that's one of the reasons to remember. But uh, <laughs> it's pretty funny because this is the only. This is the funniest part because they've switched bodies, mm -hmm. right? So Little Dicky is imagine an imaginary song. So Chris Rock. So we both know that that's not real, right? You like you can't switch bodies. Uh, and well, just, okay. Well, you know what I mean. Aliens are real. So in the song, Chris Brown playing Little Dicky, and Little Dicky's playing Chris Brown, right? <laughs> so Chris Brown as as Little Dicky, but still Chris Brown. It's Chris Brown is acting. Yeah, his body. I get word, yeah. like twenty five times, and people got mad because he's supposed to be Little Dicky. So they got mad at both of them. Because he wasn't allowed to be, even though it's right. Because little Dicky wouldn't say it, right? Because he's, but he could because he's in the body of a black person, and so as Nick Chris Brown, right? But then that's super offensive, right? That's but he, almost like blackface, real. But, but he, I can't get offended for other people; they already get offended not because it's just Chris Brown saying the n word, like because it's imaginary. Yeah, but listen, listen, listen. Let, let's just get to the point of this. There's no acting going on in there. Maybe by little Dicky, not by Chris Brown. There's right, zero but, but acting. He's not. Little Dicky never said the N-word. The white person never said the N-word. That's right. That's but how it goes. Got mad, but they still got mad at Chris Brown for saying the N-word because he was playing Little Dicky. And they got mad at I Little think they Dickie. were mad at Chris Brown for a whole oh, plethora no, they, of other reasons. The whole that they were it just, was like the weirdest argument. They're like, no. And I was like, wait, how does this work? No, that's like yeah. when OJ, you know, no, no. They're just mad at Chris Brown that he didn't get up, you know, he didn't get in trouble for the other stuff. So people are like, no, you can't do that. We just want to be mad at you. <laughs> yeah, I'm not, I'm not, but listen, I, I think anything, you're right though. There's a hundred of these. I don't know who's getting paid, but this is what's going on. This has been going on forever. <laughs> By the way, there's no, there's no, this is no shocker to me. No one's going to come up. There's not going to be a lawsuit. Everyone goes, oh, Vince Vaughn and then the Blumhouse machine, right? You're going to sue Blumhouse? You better have a <laughs> lot of money, man. Yeah. All right, I so think this is going to go good. We're going to have a great day tomorrow. We'll talk about everything you should watch over the weekend. So we much. Saw. We got a lot of fun stuff to talk about. We get to talk about our moms a little bit. Hi, Ellen. And uh, <laughs> and I got a whole a little other uh, must-watch watch list for us. So everyone stay safe, stay sane, stay strong. Jason Smith. Chris Dwarfman, I love you guys. It's time.